Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and I'm excited to be back with you guys today. Last week's episode, uh, episode 33, was about figuring out what your net worth is. And so I won't rehash it, but I want to say, like, I was thinking, how does, you know, so now you know what your net worth is, what's next? So there are two parts. There's the financial plan part, and then there is the goal setting part. I wasn't sure which one you need it first, but I kind of felt like once I knew my true net worth was, then I had to come up with an overall plan, like for my financial picture. And I've shared with you in the past that the reason that part of the reason I started this podcast is because I'm building my runway to retirement, right? So what do I want to do in retirement? And I started thinking about this when I was 10 years out from retirement and I had a financial plan then that was assisted by having my pension consultation. So I had my first pension consultation 10 years out from retirement to make sure that I was on the right path. And in that case, I went to a professional to look at my benefits plans, right? So like, what does my pension look like? What is my tax deferred annuity looks like? What does my deferred comp look like? But it wasn't a total picture, but because I am fortunate enough to get a pension and I have a tax deferred annuity, those are the major pieces of my retirement high. And so going to a financial plan, uh, going to a financial professional, not planner, but professional at the time was really helpful. And then during COVID, I also then sought out a certified financial advisor through New York City's deferred comp program, because they were able to look at all of my finances and really come up with a plan. So there are fees associated with different professionals, and you don't always need to go to a professional to come out with your financial plan. So today we're going to talk about what you can do to do your DIY financial plan, which is just as valuable, um, if not more, because I feel like sometimes you're more honest with yourself than you are with a professional. Um, And sometimes you're more honest with a stranger than you are with, you know, people that you know. And so what is a financial plan? It is your roadmap to reach your goals and it will help you prepare for unanticipated events by setting up that emergency fund that you often hear about. And I hope you hear about it enough that you're like, you know what? They keep talking about this emergency plan, emergency fund. I might as well set up one. So the first step, and there are eight steps to the financial plan. The first one 
is review your current situation. And you, if you figured out your net worth, you kind of have a review of your current situation, at least like a, a one or two pager on it. But when you're looking at that, you should also be looking at your last six to 12 months of your bank statement, your credit card statement, because it's not going to tell you, like your net worth is going to tell you the numbers. Those statements are going to tell you how you're spending your money, where your money is actually going. So you hopefully did your net worth and you're like feeling good about yourself. You have a great net worth um, or you're on the path of having a successful, you know, the net worth that you want to have. But do you really know where your money is going? And, you know, the world is shifting even within COVID because many of us are going back to work. So a lot of places where we may have been able to save money during COVID, we're now going to start spending in those areas. So I know myself, we are due back in person pretty soon, whether you're in a classroom or you're in a central office. And so with that on the horizon, I know that I'm going to go back um, to paying for public transportation. I am really bad at packing lunch. So I will go back to eating out for lunch. Um, my son is going back to school. Um, he generally eats out for lunch. So those costs that I had been saving because I was working from home and my son was home, our grocery bill went up, but it did not go up to the point of the money we were spending when we were eating out. So having a financial plan and looking at those statements will really be helpful to you to see like, where am I spending my money? Where do I need to cut back? What do I need to institute to have the best outcome so that I don't overspend in one area or underspend in another? Well, you can't generally can't underspend, but definitely you don't want to overspend and you don't want to end up not having enough money. So review your current situation. That's one. Two, identify your short and your long-term goals. And this was always a confounding question for me, like what's a long-term goal versus what's a short-term goal? And so I would like to say a short-term goal is something that you can achieve within the next 12 months. A midterm goal is anything from 12 months to five years. So it's going to take you some time. And then a long-term goal is anything beyond five years. So you have to identify what those goals are, and then you have to make them SMART goals. And as educators, I know that you know what a SMART goal is. If you're not an educator and you listen, most workplaces use them, and that is it's S for specific, M for measurable, A for attainable, R for relevant, and T for time bound. That's probably the most important part is really putting a time limit on it. If you're an educator and you don't like SMART goals for your kids, that's fine. I totally understand that. But when it comes to financial goals, SMART goals really make it clear as to what you're trying to achieve and putting a time on it so that you really work hard at it and you're really clear and you're going to make that goal. And so you don't want to just say, I want to have an emergency fund. Okay. So how much time do you want to take to get that emergency fund? Why is the emergency fund important? And so instead of, I want to have an emergency fund, 
you might say, so I want to put $200 away in a high yield savings account every month for the next 12 months so that I fully fund my emergency account or for my emergency account, if you want to use the economy of language. So the difference, hopefully you can hear the difference between I want an emergency fund versus the actions that you're going to take to get the emergency fund when you say, I want to put 200, I will put away $200 a month in a high yield savings account for the next 12 months to start my emergency fund. So you review your current situation, you identify your short and long-term goals, which you make smart, and then debt reduction. Debt reduction is always going to be there because when you are paying down debt, you are paying interest and fees that are weighing down your opportunity to save or invest best money in a way that's advantageous for you. You're just paying fees and you're not able to make your money work for you versus paying someone for you borrowing money from them. And then you can utilize the snowball or the avalanche method. And when I spoke about credit, I can't remember what episode, I'll try and put it in the show notes. When you use um, utilize the snowball or the avalanche method to eliminate your debt. So step one, review your current situation. Two, identify your long and your short term, your short, mid and long-term goals. Step three, reduce your debt. Step four, establish an emergency fund. Now, I believe, even though I put this as step four, I feel like step four should be happening simultaneously. Like if you don't have an emergency fund, you should be paying the minimum on your credit cards so that you can have some sort of emergency fund. Give yourself a little bit of cushion um, because that cushion will allow you some flexibility. You don't want to not have a, like, you don't have an emergency fund. You have all these crazy credit card bills and then you have some other emergency come up and you have like no wiggle room. And generally this happens like around medical issues. So not even things where you make a mistake or not, you know, people always think that people who end up in financial trouble end up in financial trouble because they're not responsible with their money. When in fact, most people end up in financial troubles because of medical bills, those things that you can't plan for. And that's why having an an emergency fund is so important. And then you add the other question that comes around emergency funds is how much should be in my emergency fund? So before COVID, they would say, you know, six to 12 months. For me, with COVID, I'm saying like 12 to 18 months, because depending on what your job is or where you work, most educators had stable positions, but it's crazy. You're married or you have a partner and they contribute to the household and you may have a job, but your partner may not have a job. How long can you survive just on your income alone? And having that emergency fund, whether it be an emergency fund just for you. Like in my case, as a single mom, my emergency fund is covers my expenses as not only as an individual, but of of my son. So my, you know, my households, but if I had a partner, then we also have to think about that as well and how much they contribute and making sure that there's enough so that the entire family can, can be successful and not be in stress because a health emergency or pandemic 
or any other emergency comes up that impacts our finances or our ability to earn um, more money for a period of time. So we have review your situation, set your short, mid, and long-term goals, reduce your debt, establish an emergency fund, and then estate planning. I really want to get a guest on the show about estate planning. It's one of the eight keys to financial empowerment. And your estate planning includes your will, your healthcare directive or proxy, your power of attorney and trust if it's necessary, if you have enough assets to require a trust. I say this all the time. These things are really important. You can be a whiz at money and be fortunate to have money. But if you don't have those four items, or especially those first three, which are the will, the healthcare proxy, and the power of attorney, then all of it's for naught. Because when you pass away, you're basically saying the state will decide who gets the money that you've worked so hard for or the assets that you work so hard for. And they take their time. So while that's happening, your estate is being negatively impacted because you haven't identified who can access your bank accounts. You haven't identified the beneficiary on your accounts. You haven't identified what you want to be done in case you're incapacitated. Your healthcare proxy, your power of attorney, and your will help with all of that process. And if you have a larger estate, the trust even more so. So make sure that you are looking at your estate planning when you're creating this financial plan and then investing. As I said in last week's episode, um, and when we were also speaking about, I believe in episode 32, about investing in innovation, that how is your money growing? How is your money working for you when you're sleeping? You have to invest is the quickest way to wealth. And it doesn't always have to be in the stock market. You can invest in yourself so that you can get a higher degree so that you can earn more money. You can invest in real estate by owning actual property or investing in things like REITs. You can also invest in businesses. So there are different options that allow you to invest. So after investing um, those options, and if you're creating your plan, you would also be reviewing your investments to make sure that they're performing in the way that you want them to. And then step number seven is protect your assets, basically insurance. And so in episodes 22 and 23, we spoke about term life insurance versus whole life insurance. Those aren't the only two ways, only two types of um, insurances that you have, but that's, you know, your life insurance. Then you also have your homeowner's insurance or your renter's insurance and, you know, long-term disability insurance, all those, those options. So you have to really think about protecting your asset disability insurance. There's a whole lot of them, um, but like what's right for you at your age and given your personal circumstances. And then the last step is to review the plan. So once you write it down, and I'm being totally honest with you, I have this year just saying like, I need to write it all down, but I'm honestly going to take those big posted pads and write them in a Sharpie and put them up in my bedroom um, because the closer, I just need to see, the closer I get to retirement, I want to make sure that I'm on track, but also 
I need the visual. I'm not a visual learner, which I find strange that I need it, but I feel like I just need to see it because once I see it, even with the app on the phone, I have to click it. But if it's visible to me somewhere, then it gives me a chance like, oh yeah, that's up there. Let me check it off. It's almost like affirmations that people put on their mirrors in their bathroom or in their bedroom on their dressing mirrors to like make sure that they are staying on track. My life is not ruled by money, but the this pandemic has definitely shown me the importance of knowing where you are financially. And because I have the desire to retire when I'm eligible to, it's really important to me that I just like stay on track and I know what I'm doing. It also gives me the freedom to make whatever decisions I want to make. Like I don't generally have to go looking for my financial information. It's like at my fingertips or I have a sense of like, if this purchase makes sense for me and keeps me on track for my overall goal, um, which is the ability to retire once I become eligible. So let's review the steps of your financial plan, review your current situation, identify your short, mid and long-term goals. Step three is debt reduction. Step four is, and again, it goes from the beginning, really establish your emergency fund, whether that be six to 12 months, or as I said, 12 to 18 months, given the pandemic and what's been happening recently. Step five is estate planning, your will, healthcare directive, power of attorney, and trust. Step seven is protecting your assets, which is insurance. And if you want to hear more about life insurance term versus whole life, you can listen to episodes 22 and 23. While I was designing this episode for you, I just went back and looked like there's eight keys to financial empowerment. And if you want to know what those eight keys are, you can go back and listen to episodes 16 and 17, but they're basically the steps that you're taking in your financial plan. And so if you address the, the your eight keys and these steps and these financial plans, you're well on your way for financial empowerment because you have your fingertips on all of your financial information and the things that impact your financial decisions. And I was speaking to a friend yesterday and she said, like, I need to sit down and have a conversation with you. She's been saying this to me for probably the past three years. And so finally I had to say to her, like, You're afraid to look at your financial information because you think it's going to be bad. And so you're avoiding it. But, you know, that OGI Joe statement, knowing is half the battle. Whether your net worth is is negative or not, whether your finances are in a mess or not, knowing will allow you to take the steps to improving it. If you can continue to keep your head in the sand and not know what your financial picture is, you don't give yourself the runway to address it, to remediate it, to put it back on track. So, you know, you have to release that fear. And I think, honestly, that once she looks, she'll be surprised how 
well she's doing. I think that she's doing better than she thinks she's doing. She assures me that she's doing worse than I think she's doing. But neither of us of us know because she refuses to look at it. And so just listening to this podcast or following other financial people, like I still follow Tiffany, the budget, uh, Nista Aleche. I follow Journey to Launch. I follow the budget queen. There's a lot of financial people that I follow because one, I don't, you know, I'm not the guru of finances. I definitely understand teacher finances really, really well, but I'm, and I don't wish to be the guru of teacher finances, truthfully, but I do think it's important to know all the options that are available to you, but you can't apply those things unless you know what your financial situation is. Personal finance is personal. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You have to do what's best for you and your family. And so the only way you can make the best decision for you and your family is to know what your financial situation is and then create a plan for it and then set goals around that plan. So every time I have a guest on this show, I always say, what is the highest leverage action step someone can take to do with whatever information they shared with me. And so today's action step, highest leverage action step that you can take is to sit down and find out your net worth and take yourself through the steps of the financial plan. So get a clear view of what your financial situation is and then walk yourself through the steps. So for the final time, review your current situation Identify your short, mid, and long-term goals. Reduce your debt. Establish an emergency fund. Do your estate planning. Invest and protect your assets. And finally, review the plan often. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to talk about setting financial goals. So you'll look at your plan and then you'll decide which goal you want to work on first or which goals you can work on simultaneously. So thank you for joining us today. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Staying in the BLK. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...